There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Evertonians. Welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast. It's Wednesday evening, the 14th of September, and rather than have to wait a month for another Everton fixture, we have one this weekend when West Ham come to Goodison Park. Paul and Adam are with me to have a chat about that and the general state of Evertonia, and later we'll reminisce about standing goalkeeping performances from the past in light of Jordan Pickford's absence and Asmir Begovic's temporary promotion to the number one spot. Paul, Adam, how are we, fellas? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yeah, okay. Uh, we were just saying off air, like, um, did we enjoy having a weekend without Everton or not? <laughs> I guess the, I guess the, I guess the uh, result depends on that, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, I was actually I was actually going to head down to the... I've uh, oh, still got a ticket for the Emirates, uh, so I don't know if I'll end up going to that in on a Wednesday night in February or not. We'll see, but, um, yeah, so plans are to change with that, I suppose, a bit, but... Uh, yeah, um, all good, thanks. Glad we got a game on. Some of, the, some of the other teams haven't, so it's good that we've got a game, particularly a home game. And uh, yeah, let's get that win, eh? We need to, you know, need to, well, we've spoken about positivity and we're all quite positive about Everton. I think that win will just really sort of, you know, really lift everybody even more, won't it? And really gives us that that uh, opportunity to kick on. So uh, yeah, target some three points on, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's nice to feel positive when you've not had a loss to ruin your weekend. Um, quite quite like these quiet ones. My hair starts growing back. I put a bit of weight back on. Uh, <laughs> generally calm around the house. So, um, but um, but I am I am really looking forward to the uh, West Ham game. I think it'll be a good game. It's two two pretty similar sides. I know I know they've obviously fared better than we have in. Uh, in recent years, um, but I, th- I think it'll be a lot of fun. And as you say, and I'm, I'm just glad there is some football to watch before October because that would have felt like a real slog, um, particularly after such a positive display in the derby. I think 
carrying that momentum on obviously would have been great, but it's arguably a, an easier game to, I guess, carry that carry that forward. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I had a bit of a, um, a bit of a come down from the whole, you know, the, the transfer deadline business, and then we, then we had so many games in in August, and then the, obviously the, the server migration. It was it was actually a nice sort of time to pause, but. Yeah, the thought of going an entire month without a game was, I sort of almost felt like going back to the COVID shutdown when there's all this uncertainty about when we're going to play. And I don't know, just this whole season with the World Cup is just going to be so strange anyway. Um, and this just sort of added another another layer to that. But um, yeah, as we said, thankfully there is a game this weekend because, um, you know, with that annoying international break looming, um, you know, not being in action until October the 1st. Would have been, as I say, strange. And thanks to the Premier League, somewhat strange decision to postpone last weekend's um, fixtures. Personally, I think that they should have gone ahead. I think if they'd had a, if they had a, a mulligan on it, I think the Premier League might do it differently based on the fallout, um, you know, from fans and the media. Um, and I actually think they had the perfect rationale to let those games go ahead, given you know the, the, the whole World Cup shenanigans and, and just the, the fixture congestion that, that they've now got. The headaches that they've now given themselves, um, particularly with additional games being um, cancelled for this weekend, um, you know, so I, I, they could have pressed ahead with it, and no one really could have complained. Um, and as I think, ever, as everyone has said, you know, particularly on social media, it, there would have been a, a great opportunity last weekend for the Premier League as a whole to kind of unite and 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 you know have a collective show of respect for the Queen and. I mean, honestly, it's probably what, as, as other people have said, it's probably what she would have wanted. I mean, the great irony for me is that the, the whole kind of keep calm and carry on slogan, you know, is something that the queen herself came to embody. Um, you know, that's a kind of sense of duty and just sort of carrying on with things. Um, and the, the fact that the Premier League sort of elected to grind to a halt um, while other sort of less profile sports carried on was just a bit weird. Um, I think we obviously can guess why. I think they're scared of the of the neg of any kind of negative reaction to it but I feel like they've almost put too much of a focus on it now and given sort of people time to think too much and now it's almost like a red rag to a ball so I'm hoping that this weekend that that it all goes off you know peacefully that you know anyone who's got any issues with the monarchy this isn't the you know the time to do it we're not you know we're paying respect to someone who died we're not making statements about the republic so let's just uh you know show our respect and then you know get back to the football that's what I think it's just that all the other sports went ahead was the bizarre one for me. I thought if the, um, like, well, a few, like, it was like most sports, any sport that was on on the Friday was cancelled, I think, pretty much. But then, like, so the, the, the test cricket, for example, cancelled Friday, but then, then on, 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 on Saturday. And yeah, they, people did quite a respectful sort of, um, what do you call it, before the game. Um, yeah. The, Personally, I wasn't. I wasn't too disappointed that the game wasn't. Uh, that, that the football wasn't wasn't on. I just maybe. I just maybe looked at the bigger picture a little bit more and thought, well, we went so long with COVID without any football and all that, like, and without. And then when they did come back, it was behind closed doors. It was so long we got go back to the game, and then there was a few thousand fans back, etc., etc. Such a long slog of no football at all, and then football behind closed doors. So. Bigger picture, I can live with one weekend. Yeah, I mean, and at least it's just one weekend, and we're back to yeah. it. Back to it this week. There's probably not much point dwelling on it at this point. I think most of what's said has been said. Yeah, I mean, I can see why people were frustrated at the time. 
people who have spent money on tickets and on travel down there and maybe not being able to get it back and stuff like that as well that would that would uh, that would sting for a lot of people particularly i think with, with the trains i'm not sure i think if you got 24 hour notice i think so certainly with mine the train i booked with the train line um if you had over 20 if it was over 24 hours before you cancelled you get pretty much a full refund if it's within 24 hours then you wouldn't and that will have affected some people who were traveling to games throughout the country on saturday yeah, I mean, so like, and even mm-hmm. some Evertonians perhaps were thinking going up on the Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, staying out, yeah, etc., etc. So it will have caught some people out, and that's that's that, that, that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's gone now. At least we've got a game to look forward to this weekend. I mean, look, Man United don't, Chelsea don't, Liverpool don't. A lot, a lot of teams don't. <laughs> you know, and, and then it really, well, I guess they've had Champions League, etc. But it really will be quite a long time until they get some get to see some Premier League action. So um, yeah, let's hope Everton can make it count this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think um, having having this sort of pause, yeah, for us as a as a side, it's it's actually, yeah, I, I know it's it's a bigger picture thing. And it was always going to be a strange season. It was a strange preseason. Uh, we were always going to have this strange break, um, as discussed. The last couple of seasons have been odd, um, but given how frenetic, as you say, that August period was, I think it's 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 maybe given us an advantage obviously it's not the circumstance you'd like that to happen um uh, like that to come about sorry but um i think f- for us it's it's certainly in in some ways worked in our favor as i say it might have checked a little bit of momentum and and obviously for fans yeah for away fans traveling if, if there have been any affected it's um it is deeply frustrating um but hopefully now that we have got this to look forward to it as you say paul we can sort of move on um do do the nice respectful thing and um yeah folks on getting getting a win on the board before that international break we we so often look at those as a kind of milestone during the season mm-hmm. don't we as as you know making sure that you're in a certain place when they come around but this one is particularly key just because of how our season's begun and also as i say because we know what's to come with that big break but also looking at that october fixture list it's a it's a tricky one there's a hell of a lot of football to be played um before the next break in november also potentially uh potentially this arsenal game to fit in somewhere although i'd imagine that would be after um after the world cup based on the weeks yeah. and the schedule because it, it looks so jam-packed with games um and a lot of away fixtures as well um we go to bournemouth away twice in a week um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we do away days that's a, it's not a fun one is it um so i think yeah get getting the win this weekend besides giving us all that collective oh okay yeah we are headed in the right the right direction um yeah. it would really set us up nicely wouldn't it yeah i think we only have we only have four games at home until the world mm. cup which just seems bizarre um yeah but uh, yeah, I think the whole the whole postponement would have felt a lot worse if we were going to have this full month. I think the fact that, that we are resuming this weekend makes it feel a lot better, and we can kind of live with the decision a lot better, a lot um, a lot easier. Um, and I think obviously from Everton's perspective, <laughs> uh, it means that you know Dominic Calvert Lewin and Abdoulaye Decore, you know, they have another week to build their fitness, and it's just and it's one match, one fewer match that we'll be without Jordan Pickford. So I think in in some respects, it's actually worked out quite well for us. Um, and you know, so yeah, again, so it was not, not kind of the worst thing in the world. Um, that, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe last weekend might've been a good time to play Arsenal given that they'd, 
you know, lost that 100% record and they've got some injuries in midfield. But who knows, you know, who knows what shape they'll be in when we when that fixture is eventually um, eventually played. You know, maybe it's on the other side of the transfer window and uh, we have we have even better squads. So, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, so obviously West Ham um, to come this Sunday. Um, and I think, you know, the general feeling was anything we could pick up at Arsenal would have been a bonus, um, given just how strong they have looked. Um, and it obviously wasn't impossible that we'd get a win there. I think it was probably highly unlikely. Um, and so we've, we've, I think this focus, our focus has been on this, this kind of West Ham game um, to try and pick up this much, this much needed, this elusive first win of the season. Um, the danger, of course, is putting too much emphasis on this weekend, you know, um, and having sort of too much, too much focus and too much pressure on the players um, to get these these three points. Um, I think there's talk ahead of Arsenal whether Lampard might go a bit more defensive for that one, but I think clearly with this one being at home, West Ham not having made the, the greatest of starts and given how well we performed against Liverpool, I think, you know, the onus is on us is, is to, to be attacking to, you know, and I can't look beyond uh, 4-3-3. Um, no, I'm sure that just a gay will start because um, he looks, you know, looks like he'd never been away. Slotted straight back into that midfield, and um, you know, with all due respect to the way that Tom Davis has played in the last few weeks, which I think has surprised lots of us. I mean, Adrissa Gay just offers you know another level above. Um, so I put him in, and then you know, it's just a question of whether Calvert Lewin's fit enough to start. Personally, I still think we shouldn't risk him. I think we should kind of err on the side of caution with that. But uh, what do you, what do you fellas think? I think I think Mope did enough on his uh, in the game against uh, Liverpool to to earn the right to play, to start again. I think yeah. I, I know he missed a good opportunity, but given he's had no game time, I thought he put the mark was it eleven point five kilometers or something he ran or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he put a remarkable remarkable effort in. So I think it's uh, yeah, I think he's earned the right to sort of um, start that start that game. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Dominic's had no game time. Um, Flipping handy sub, isn't he, Dominic? I think he's. I don't think you'd, you'd, you'd call him. I don't know. What would you, what would you call it? like? There's, there's certain players who do well against certain clubs, and it's, I seem to recall Dominic scoring quite a few. I think where was it? It was at that behind closed doors season. I don't know. And Ancelotti he seemed to score quite a few against West Ham. Did he score a hat trick against West Ham in the cup, or at least two goals? I think he scored a few against West Ham that season. I don't know. It's yeah, a memory. Yeah, that scoring nice quite a few. Shape, wasn't it? Is that nice? Yeah, yeah, with the touch. Yeah. I think, that was, I think yeah. it was Archer, wasn't yeah, it? Patrick, yeah. I think so. I think mm. so. I think it was in a real purple patch at the time. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I'm not saying that's why that's reason to start him, but it's good, good to know he's available. And good, yeah, it's a good player. To, it's certainly head and shoulders above Rondon, isn't it? As if you're looking for a substitute to come on and try and change the game if needs be. Um, he'll, he'll get some minutes regardless. So, that's good. That, that That's obviously positive. Definitely, I agree that um, Adrissa Gay um, should... Um, should, should start the game um, alongside Anana and uh, Awobi. I was saying last week, I, I really can't wait to see how them three can perform together given a, given a number of games. I think that, that, that that's a, a real great balance of midfielders that I think all, all with very high energy. I mean, they'll, they'll give, when they're on a game, all three of them, most, most uh, midfielders are matching the league, I think. So, um, it could be, yeah, it could be really key for the season having them three available and playing together. I think it really, if we look at the sort of lift off a little bit, I think them them three could be very, very uh, integral to that. So the defense probably 
picks itself, and then obviously the only change is Begovic in goal. Um, West Ham concern me a bit in that they're actually below us in the league because not many teams are. <laughs> West Ham actually sit <laughs> below us, which is um, <laughs> incredible. So they, they, and obviously, and given that we're playing Sunday, um, I don't know, I'm not sure who's playing on the Saturday around us, but by the time we come out to play, and it could be a position where we're both really sort of, oh, blimey, you know, a bit early to be nervously looking over your shoulder or whatnot, but yeah, you know I mean, you don't want having to be looking too far up either from, from down, down towards the bottom, you know, so we need, uh, might be a case where West Ham, although they got the one win already, they're below us in the league, so I'd almost feel more comfortable they had a couple of wins, we're about mid-table, and coming on the, they're playing away in Denmark on Thursday, you know what I mean, so it's, um, you know, they might be in a bit of a position where, like, yeah, we need something from this game. You know what I mean? And you know what David Moyes is like again, teams set up and drilled. I actually remember probably one of David Moyes' best spells as Everton manager was, um, I think it would have been 2007, 2008, when we had the really good crack at Europe. And it was that stage when we we, seen, and we were doing well in the League Cup at the time as well. And it felt like there was a game like midweek, then Saturday, you know, midweek, then Sunday, etc. And you seem to gather momentum from that. And I think Everton did really well. I think similar to where we got a bomb, if we played West Ham twice away, in the same week and won them both uh, back then, you know. So uh, coincidentally, West Ham. <laughs> but um, so yeah, it, it does worry me a bit. You have them, you have them set up and well drilled. Um, but I guess the way we played against Liverpool, maybe, and the way we played against Leeds, is maybe it's time to stop worrying about other teams so much and you know take off the shackles and have a go ourselves and not worry about them. I just think we certainly got the midfielders to do it and. Uh, a great fullback and on the right hand side particularly to get forward and do it and great defenders to sort of keep the other team out and hold firm you know so maybe we've just got the right balance to, to start doing that more with teams and going on the front foot more um and hopefully we can do that on on sunday yeah definitely it'll be interesting for anana as well because obviously west ham were pretty public in the pursuit of him um mm. and could could quite easily have been lining up uh, against us um in this game on sunday um it's it's gone from I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but it's gone from an area of the pitch where we we look short and where you'd, you'd look at a lot of the sides we're playing against. I think last season you would have kind of feared playing a midfield with Declan Rice and Suchek and and another whoever else is going to fit in there for them if they're playing a three as well. Um, whereas now you you look at the matchup and you think Gay, mm, Anana, Iwobi, that that looks stronger than than their midfield. And it's you know we we know what. a an important part of the pitch that is. So I think I think that's that's something to look forward to. And I think, yeah, as you say, I think the defence picks itself. Um I think we we'll hopefully get some joy out wide against them. They've 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 got decent players at wing back. I think they've they've got Emerson in uh, from Chelsea. But they've they've played a pretty strong side as well in Europe. When I was I was looking at um I, I did see a bit of a game um Against uh, was it was it Bucharest he played um, in uh, in the first conference game and, um, and and they did play a strong side they played the likes of Declan Rice and um, and I think and Corne as well who obviously is, is another another guy we looked at over the summer um, as you say Paul Moyes he, he does like a, a a run in Europe so you could you could see him again against Silkeborg playing a pretty pretty strong lineup. So hopefully that plays in, into our favour a little bit, um, maybe a few tired legs. Um, but as you say, I think if, if we if we go into that game positive, if we go in and set our stall out with a four three three, I think I think we should hopefully have enough. I think Gordon's in great form. Um, 
Gray's looked bright. We've we've got McNeil as an option. As you say, if 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 Calvert Lewin's fit enough for the bench, it, it's it's suddenly looking like we, we've got more options to change a game, which is a big thing we've not really had. It's been like for like we've been bringing on someone for Davis or maybe in, in some games we've not been making a sub. So having those options to to bring someone on. Even the likes of Davis, as you say, he, he probably does drop out to make way for Garner, but he's shown how useful he can be. Um, it's a big upgrade on what we've had in the past in reserve where we've been scrambling around trying to find anyone who'll do. So I, d- I do fancy us if, as you say, we take the game to them, if we if we put our stamp on it early on. Um, crowd will be up for it because... We've we've had this bit of a gap now, um, so I, I I do feel quietly confident, or I, I did until you turn it into a relegation six pointer poll. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm a bit. I'm I'm a glasses half empty, empty sort of guy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I like how you were concerned that they were below us. If, 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 we, if we can be, if we're going to have that kind of concern later in the season, I'll be uh, I'll be happy. But I know exactly what you mean. It's the same way when you, when, you, when you sort of play a side and John Stead was up front and you go, oh, he's not scored for three uh, years. And yeah, you go, uh, hey, yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully not on Sunday. Yeah. I, I just you were wondering who's playing. I think on Friday, Aston Villa are playing Southampton, Forest are playing Fulham. So that's two teams in and around us who will be playing, obviously, before we kick off. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday is... Leicester away at Spurs, so you know. But I think that's, that's the only game on Saturday. No, that's the only one that involves a team that's directly. Oh, right. oh sorry. no, sorry, okay. Bournemouth are at Newcastle, so Leicester are, and Bournemouth are both away. So, but I mean, and I'm sure Lampard is taking the same approach. I'm kind of looking at it, kind of how I was looking at the, at the, the, the sort of the last dozen games of of the end of last season, kind of trying to look at it holistically, and not sort of being too concerned about the week to be about which position, you know, we're in, in the bottom three um, and just sort of concentrating on the games where we can pick up the points that we need. Um, but, but I think the, the, the point that you were making about taking the confidence into this one um, and starting to feel like we are a much better team than our position dictates. And I think that midfield is, is just, is an, ex, is exemplifies that. I mean, it's uh it, it kind of, for me, puts into stark relief just how short-term the whole Ancelotti thing was. I mean, you know, he came in and saw that we'd radically needed to overhaul the midfield. And he did so, but, you know, with one very expensive, you know, albeit, you know, fantastic player, but who only ended up playing half a season in James Rodriguez. Um, Alan, who was, you know, just on the, only on, very, only just on the on the right side of um, twenty nine. And Decore himself was only twenty, so was twenty-seven. Um, but now we've got obviously Andrusa Gay. We've brought in for the experience, but we've got some a really good foundation there now um, with the Wobi um, and um, obviously James Garner's come in. So we have options. And I was thinking, if you have Decore when he's fit, you know, you he, he have legs to come off the bench. But you're almost wondering, well, who comes off? You know, who who do you bring off for Decore when you've got you know players like Anana who um, is is now at at the point where he can play a full ninety minutes? Um, you've got a just a gay who's who's just a you know a physical specimen. He can do the ninety minutes. Um, it's yeah. Suddenly we have options, and then you, that's without even talking about Alan really getting into the picture. Who's 
at the bottom of the pecking list when just a few, few short months ago we were bemoaning the fact that he was going to be suspended after that bizarre red card against Newcastle. I mean, he was a massive loss back then, and now he, he barely even factors into the conversation. So I think from given the fact that our midfield options are, have been upgraded to such a great degree, we have consistency at the back now. Um, we have, as you said, Paul, I mean, Nathan Patterson is a, you know, just somebody who's going from strength to strength at, at, at right back. You've got, um, you know, Anthony Gordon, who's coming into his own. Um, and then, you know, you, you add Dominic Calvert-Lewin back into that equation and suddenly we can start looking like the team that even last season was was much better than a relegation fight would have suggested. Um, so hopefully that, that kind of confidence in themselves can start coming to the fore and we can not so much worry about who the opposition is, but just worry about us playing our game and um, finding, you know, bagging the goals. Um, going back to um, Neil Mope, um, I've, I kind of see long-term him and Calvert-Lewin being in the starting lineup together more often than not. Um, Mope kind of fulfilling, not replacing Richarlison, but sort of fulfilling that Richarlison role with someone playing off the striker, someone who can distract defenders, hold the ball up well, which I think he did really well against um, Liverpool because he's not, I mean, he's not a big guy in terms of height, but um, he certainly showed plenty of nous and holding the ball up. So I think, um, you know, longer term, the two of those, those two up front, um, potentially at the expense of Dwight McNeil's starting role. Um, I think that that's how I envisage it going. Bit ridiculous, ridiculous comparison, admittedly, but there's a time he's around to be of, uh, of Mark Hughes, the way he's like quite a small father, but like real amazing upper body strength and holding off big centre backs and, yeah. and you know, tough guys and like uh, Van Dyke and Gomez. And yeah, like and given as good as he got for, for a debut, it was very impressed. He should have scored, no doubt about it. Um, but then, he, then, then again, he, he should have made him, he, he kind of made amends with the goal, which was slightly offside, didn't he? I mean, so he, um, no, it's, it's a good debut, and I think you're probably right. I don't think uh, Dominic. Being fit means means uh, Mope isn't in the team. I don't, you mm. know. Um, I think presumably he can play, play from the from the wing as well. You would have thought, and that's where we haven't got too many options. We've only really got Gray and um, and uh, Gordon because Townsend's not really available. You know what I mean? So um, otherwise we're sort of patching a player in there really. So it's an option there. Surely you would have thought. And he seems like the sort of player who could play that role as well. So um, yeah, I think um, yeah, it doesn't mean. Dominic Cavalloon returning, probably not to start this game, but him being back in, in and around the squad and starting games over the next sort of month or so doesn't doesn't and shouldn't mean that uh, Neil Mope will be out of the team. Um, you mentioned all the, all the doesn't it feel a bit mad having all these like options? Like you know, I know you, that's basically what <laughs> yeah. you just touched on, but uh-huh. don't you think? Hang on, wow. Wow, it's just what other clubs have. <laughs> like, yeah, we are, just, we, we've never had this. Just, even, even when we signed all them players and uh, under uh, uh, Steve Walsh, it was yeah, it certainly wasn't as well structured as this, wasn't it? It was just like haphazard. Yeah, we'll take him and him and him. <laughs> it's just um, it's ridiculous to have all these options and seemingly quite well thought out. So it's um, it's refreshing, really, isn't it? And um, it's good to know if there's an injury in there midfield, there's plenty of players who can step in. It's a suspension. Players can step in if uh, we're sure in the game up. It doesn't necessarily have to mean lumping another centre-back on. We could maybe stick another defensive mid on if you're looking for ways to accommodate things. So it's just different ways mm-hmm. we can uh, we can utilise these players. So it's um, it's really good. And fixtures will come thicker faster at some point. So um, they'll all be needed. So, yeah, it's um, 
uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's really refreshing. Alan, it's hard to see a future of it. His, his contract could be up in the summer. You presume they'll probably try to be trying to mm-hmm. probably just let him go. You would have thought in January if it just means getting him off the, his wages off the books. You would have thought. Um, so yeah, that's probably pretty much the last we'd seen of him. Um, I would have thought. Here's a question: Who who will, who will be captain on um, on Sunday? In, in Jordan Pickford's absence, because he's been captain all this time. I know we've spoken previously about who uh, who we. I figured after the first game and Pickford, uh, or one of the one of the early games, Pickford had a bit of a shocker. Um, and uh, yeah, it was was it the Chelsea game? He wasn't at his best, and he, he was captain. And then we were like, oh god, maybe it's because he was captain. He didn't play <laughs> particularly well. He's kind of he's kind of diffused that rumor. But um, yeah, as he's not going to be playing, obviously Coleman, you wouldn't have thought be playing. Um, who would be captain in that in that instance? You don't, you know, this Holgate wouldn't be in the team. We're saying Davis won't be in the team. Yeah, you know I mean, um, my, I mean, we've we've mentioned Tarkovsky previously. Um, I think, and he's he's very new. He shows all the captain responsibilities. It'd be an easy choice, I think. But I think you're getting that same whether he's captain or not. You're getting that same leadership anyway. I wonder if tossing the the armband to like Anthony Gordon would that get more even more out of him? Because he seems. He's a brave lad who likes to sort of take responsibility. I, I, for me, he strikes me the sort of player who'd, who'd thrive on it rather. I wouldn't want to give it to say a Wobi because like he's doing everything so perfect right now. You don't want mm-hmm. anything to mess with that. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm just trying to think who who else would be a, a natural captain. You know, what I mean, um, Tarkovsky or Tarkovsky or Gordon. For me, I'd, I'd be very intrigued to see what happened to Gordon. I don't think you'd get a negative outcome from, from giving it to Anthony Gordon. Uh, it might seem. It might seem risky giving it to such a young player, but I think it would. Uh, I think it would. You'd get more out of them somehow. I really do. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Tarkovsky or Cody for me, one of those two, yeah. just because they are natural natural captains. I saw a little uh, snippet of uh, Iwobi's interview that he did. I'm not watching all things. It was it was half an hour long, and I can't really warrant that in my working day. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Adam? I'm watching Alex Iwobi at home. Um, but, <laughs> Um, he, uh, I think he described James Sarkozy and Connor Cody as, as the two dads of the dressing room, um, yeah. and uh, I think, yeah, I could I could easily see it being one of those two. And you'd imagine maybe just just because he's a permanent fixture that it'd be Tarkovsky out of the two. Um, I, I I do completely agree with what you're saying about Gordon. I think something like that, if we, you know, clearly wanting to keep him at the club um, or able to keep him at the club. I guess more importantly, from a financial point of view, um, maybe that would figure in a sort of another type of game. Maybe like a we, we, we did it with um, Tom Davis a few times, didn't we? Like in League Cup games and things like mm. that, just to sort of give him that impetus. Um, it, it'd be a surprise, but I, I don't think anyone could disagree. I think we feel positive about everyone in the first 11, which is something we've not said for some time. There's been plenty of other times where it's been patched up or we've we've had question marks about certain players, maybe their attitude in some cases. Um, goes back to that competition thing. There's there's suddenly someone like Decore, not singling, singling him out, but um, he, could, he could easily have started every game last year that he was fit and available. Um, he walked back into the side even when he wasn't fully fit when he was coming back from an injury, just because we were short of options. Now he's got to absolutely bust the gut to get anywhere near the starting lineup. Um, possibly you could say the same about Calvert Lewin. Certainly other players at centre back, the likes of Godfrey and Mina, they, they've got 
other players around them now who are performing well. Um, whereas last year, the likes of, say, Gomez was our option coming off the bench. Um, to have that as being one of Tom Davis, Alain Decore, Garner, other Garner, I mean, that's, that's night and day, isn't it? That's someone who wouldn't get in a lot of sides based on his, his form last year, um, Andre Gomez, compared to midfielders who I, I think could quite easily walk into the majority of Premier League sides, particularly with someone like Garner, Garner Gay. So, yeah, the cap, the captain thing, it, it, it doesn't worry me as much as well because, as, as we say, there's there's strong personalities in there as well. Um, if, if Tarkovsky isn't captain... He'll still be vocal and leading from about likewise Cody, um, likewise a few of the others. So I've got no qualms really, unless we, I don't know, start Rondon in central midfield and give him the captaincy or something. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the only, the only worry. But uh, I can't see that happening. <laughs> so that's a snackable offence. Yeah, I don't think Frank's at midlife crisis stage yet, mate. <laughs> okay, Benito. <laughs> Actually, interestingly, against the last game of the season against Arsenal last year, Begovic was the captain, wasn't he? I don't know if that would happen again. I think that was, it seemed to me, because Begovic just signed a new contract just before it, it was like, well, in you know, because the game didn't matter as well. Well, in you're part of the club. Here you go. You know what I mean? Because it could easily get into Keane or Holgate, just being like a sort of a filler for being there for the season and bit doing, you know, doing a good job and signing the contract. That felt like a bit of a sort of thank you sort of thing, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So I don't think it would be Begovic. Yeah, I'm intrigued. That's a fight. It probably will be Tarkovsky, and I'd have no, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. They, they, like, um, the only thing, like, like I say, is you're going to get that same, exactly the same from Tarkovsky and Cody, whether they're captain or not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wonder if by giving Gordon the armband, not that his game needs really lifting because he's playing brilliantly, but like, uh, will you just get that little bit more out of Gordon? Yeah, you know I mean, whereas some of the others. If you give them the captain armband, it might have a some a little bit of an adverse effect about sort of naming names, etc. I don't think that would be the case of Gordon, but yeah, it might be a bit of a harebrained theory. I don't know. It probably will be Tarkovsky, I imagine. It's just Cody's uh, Cody's a loney at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just, true. Yeah, just two to four for me. That's all. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't actually realised Begovic was the captain in that Arsenal game. So yeah, another option. Um, but yeah, given that he will be between the sticks this weekend, um, as he was back in March when we, he played a big part in helping the Blues uh, beat Newcastle in that memorable, um, an absolutely vital game, uh, that 1-0 victory. So on that theme, this week's question is, what other standing goalkeeping performances stand out in your mind, for better, for better or worse? <laughs> uh, I think... Um, for me, when you pose the, the question, Paul, my immediate thoughts turned to Joel Robles just because there was that, just that long stretch where a lot of us Blues were willing him to show that he was good enough to supplant Tim Howard as first-choice goalkeeper, but it never really happened. <laughs> and then I kind of have, I have these horrible flashbacks to, to incidents like Jan Muka, you know, failing miserably to, to take his chances when he was handed the cupkeeper role. Um, but for, for me, whenever I think of standing goalies, my mind always goes back to um, 1986 when Neville Southall got injured in that last stretch um, towards the end of the 85-86 season when we were, of course, on the on course for a, the double but lost out to that lot across the park. And this is obviously um, for some of our middle-aged and older listeners, but by all accounts, Bobby Mims 
had done pretty well in Southall's place uh, in the league. I think he kept something like six clean sheets down the stretch or something. Um, and I honestly couldn't tell you if he was culpable in that agonizing defeat um, at Oxford that, that effectively killed our title hopes that year. But I think a lot of Evertonians from that era will always wonder if um, the FA Cup final that year would have turned out differently had Nev been there. Um, not so much because, you know, Mims did anything wrong, but, um, you know, as, as he would show at Wembley nine years later, Southall was a, just another level goalkeeper. Um, and that 86 final was such a such a close game despite the 3-1 scoreline. And, you, I don't know, you can't help but wonder if Nev had been there um, to keep out one or two of those goals, if he would have had a platform to go on and win it. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are... Those those are the standing goalkeeping performances that kind of come to my or issues that come to my mind. Yeah, just the presence of Neville Southall in them situations alone, and just mm-hmm. probably, you probably get get more out of his teammates just Neville being Neville. I imagine, yeah, but uh, you know the way the way he was down, you're dead right. That might have made a difference. Um, difference then. Um, yeah, my one was, um, it was February 2006. A, a little look earlier at the date um richard wright had been injured but yeah with the woman that said do not train in the goal oh, and he like, got injured there. <laughs> so away at chelsea in the cup so he got injured in the uh, in the warm before the game um so i think ian turner probably played that game he got hammered by chelsea in the cup 4-1 um but then that meant ian turner started the next game against blackburn uh um uh, at home uh and then ian turner got himself sent off after nine minutes um which meant Poor, poor John Woody, who was only about 18 or so at the time, came on for his debut off the bench to replace the subkeeper. <laughs> so, like, um, right, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he kept a clean sheet. Um, yeah, he did, he did well. I mean, but, like, it was, yeah, he didn't have a lot to do. Such was the magnificent, determined effort from the defenders around. I remember Stubbs and Weir, particularly Stubbs, really, really looking after him, really just, like, you know, making it so, okay, let's make sure he's got so little to do. And Evans managed to win the game 1-0 with a, with a James Beatty header. Um, why did Turner get Was it one of them who picked the ball up outside the box or something? It was something stupid. Yeah. Then like, uh, it, was, it was something ridiculous when Turner got sent off for. Picked up outside the box when the player was about to shoot. Oh, I forget exactly. It was, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think you know? you're right. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was, that was amazing. It was two sub-keepers in one and we won the game. <laughs> Incredible. So that was, uh, that's the one that comes to mind for me. That was mine, just because it was... <laughs> um Partly as well because, yeah, Ian Turner wasn't just the second-choice goalie. It wasn't like Begovic coming in. He was the third-choice goalie and John Ruddy was the fourth-choice goalie. Um, and um, I thought someone else might pick that because it was so strange. Um, and obviously, it did have a positive result. Um, so, I dug out one little stat from it, which was... Uh, um, well, firstly, Ian Turner was at Everton for eight years, uh, which blew my mind. Uh, I think wow. I can't remember how many loans he had. Uh, John Ruddy was there five years, but uh, still starts for Birmingham um, in the Championship. So he, he, he's still going, John Ruddy. Uh, probably did better out of uh, out of that situation than uh, Ian. But um, yeah, my little stat was that Ian Turner himself left Everton on an emergency loan um, to uh, to go to Preston, where he replaced the current injured Everton reserve goalie, Andy Lonigan. So uh yeah, All little, right. little bit. Of a... <laughs> Obscure nugget. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, that's, it. that's what happens when there's no game at the weekend. You get Andy Lonigan <laughs> trivia. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, if we do end up with uh, 
and I, I'm struggling to even remember his name, the guy we saw him this week, y- y- Jakubovic? Eldin Jakubovic, right? Jakubovic, there we go. Um, yeah, stuff of future pub trivia legend. Um, yeah, if he does become one of those few players, an Espen Bardson or a, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> any of the others, uh, didn't Vest- Vestavel play play a game for us? Yeah, yeah. 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 Was the, as well. Uh, who was the American one we had for five minutes? Uh, oh, Hahnemann. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Never played though. No. Yeah. Well, game. Yeah. Mr. Yakubovic in his picture has the look of a man who will never pull pull on a, a first team yeah. either. But you know, who knows? <laughs> we could have done with him for transfer deadline episode, couldn't we? Really, yes. uh, late breaking news. But um, yeah, yeah. Don't don't think he'll uh, see the first team. But uh, who knows? It might be a might be a story we're talking about for years to come if, uh, well, if he does make yeah, it. He won't be in that first team by choice, but I mean, yeah, you know, if it's just say Pegovic gets an injury or picks yeah. up the ball outside the box when someone's about to shoot on on Sunday, then uh, you might <laughs> you might see him play. Who knows? Um, uh, honourable mention as well. You mentioned it before, actually, Jan Muka, who um, we we just lost three 0 to Wigan in the uh, in the FA Cup, and Muka was quite cu- culpable for one or two of the goals, if I recall. And then uh, we we had Man City at home next, and you thought. Know, Blimey, here we go. And Stephen Peeler got sent Stephen Peeler got sent off as well. And then we still managed to win two 0 And Yamuka made some 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 pretty damn good saves, despite like his very unorthodox saves, but he made he kept the ball out nonetheless. So that was probably another one which uh, which came to mind. Um all the all the better when you win, aren't they? Obviously they're the ones you, you yeah. have to try and remember a bit more. Um so there's two. So uh yeah, here's to another one on Sunday. Actually, while you're talking just then, another one that just popped into my head was Joe Virginia against was it Manchester City? Where oh, I mean, yeah. he didn't. He was mm. a brilliant performance. I don't think it, it was. Um, I think it was all in vain at the end. But uh, yeah, he came in and played really, really well. It's going to be interesting to see if he eventually does make the grade. It's been a bit surprising for me that he hasn't. That, I mean, I could understand the logic in getting an experienced keeper like Bagovic in to sort of, you know, um, not so much challenge pick, but that was never really the thing with Begovic, just back him up, mm-hmm. I suppose, and reliable. And it's it's fair, it, it turned out to be a good sign. He's, he did that, like you said, that game against Newcastle, he performed very well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought after that, though, Virginia, I thought he looked really, really good in that game. He's a big follower as well. I thought he could, mm-hmm. um, there must have been, when, um, whichever keeper, was a Stecklenburg or no? I think mm-hmm. a, bit, a bit after that, whoever keeper it was that left anyway, um, it was, um, might have been an opportunity just to bring, oh yeah, Ol- Olsen, Robin, Robin Olsen. I thought, it been, yeah, I thought it might have been an opportunity just for Virginia to step up, but yeah, maybe they just don't see don't, don't see it in them and they feel they might be better better moving them on. But I thought he did well that game, didn't he? He's a bit unfortunate to be uh, to be on the losing side. Um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up there for another week. Uh, look out for another episode around this time next week when we'll be back to discuss the West Ham game and hopefully that first win on the board for the Toffees. Until then, we wish you the best as always. Thank you for listening. Come on the Blues.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.